أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم كذلك لنصرف عنه السوء والفحشاء إنه من عبادنا المخلصين صدق الله العظيم So this was the second part is that Allah SWT mentions that thus did we Allah SWT turn him away So it's Allah SWT who saved him The lesson in this also is that when you say Ma'adallah you should have yakin that Allah SWT will turn us away from fashai from su'i and fashai to su means evil fosh means indecency Fosh in Arabic means indecency, shamelessness, immodesty, improper, inappropriate behavior. And su refers to any evil, anything against Sharia, any sin whatsoever. The Allah SWT says, And thus did we, and he thus did I, Allah Ta'ala, in all my might and majesty and karam and fazl, turn Sayyidina Yusuf away from all evil and error and from all immodesty and all indecency. إِنَّهُ مِنْ إِبَادِنَ الْمُخْلَسِينَ Indeed he, yani Sayyidina Yusuf السلام, is from our worshipful servants who are مُخْلَسِينَ One is مُخْلِس One is مُخْلَس مُخْلِس is the person who tries to make themselves sincere and pure مُخْلَس is the one who has been made pure by Allah made sincere by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so you can say he's one of our purified servants one of our purified servants and slaves. وَاسْتَبَقْنَا الْبَابَ وَكَدَّدْ قَمِيسَهُ مِنْ دُبُرِوْ وَأَلْفَيَا سَيِّدَهَا لَدَ الْبَابَ So what happened? The two of them raced to the door and she ripped his shirt from behind. She tore his shirt from behind. And then what did they find when they reached the door? they found her husband standing right at the door. Now there's no mention of her who undid the lock. Allahu Alam. Maybe Sayyidina Yusuf reached it and he undid the lock. Maybe the husband undid the lock from the other side. But whatever happened, they reached the door and the door opened one way or the other through some sabab. Not that Allah Ta'ala undid the locks, but through some sabab. And they found the husband standing right there. This is also from Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. That he happened to be, maybe he was about to walk in, maybe he was passing by, but he was right there at the door, and when the door opened, he saw this scene. So immediately, instantly, without any hesitation, she composed herself and she quickly, instantly, she said, Talat. So she said to her husband, Ma jaza'u man arad That what should be the punishment, what should be the consequence for that person who had ill, evil desires for your wife. Instantly. Instantly she became the victim, so to speak. Right? But this is a particular case, right? Otherwise, many times indeed, it is the man who is the predator and the woman who is the victim. This is a particular case and incident in Quran al-Kareem. <coughs> what should be the consequence of that other than that they should be imprisoned? Or they should face a terrible punishment. Ajeeb, azabun alim. And this is the word used in Quran al-Kareem for Jahannam. Right? This is the word used. But she meant, she meant that he should be tortured or punished in some way in this world. So instantly she changed. She changed her tone. She changed her thing. She changed her. So what did Nabi Yusuf al Now this is what I was saying. Now here, he's not going to say sabrun jameel. You understand? Because one thing is 
musibah and one thing is zulm. So if there's any difficulty, adversity, trial, and test that comes in a person, in that the lesson is of Sayyidina Yaqub for Sabrun Jamil, that okay, I will have beautiful, patient endurance. A second thing is zulm. If somebody is trying to oppress you, wrongdoing, lying about you, then you can and should explain and clarify the truth. So call Nabi Yusuf here. Okay, first, that she is the one who tried to seduce me. It's not the way she's saying it. It's the other way around. It was her. Now that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had a person there, that a witness from her own family gave the following testimony, what? Given rational logic. In if indeed uh, his shirt is ripped from the front, then she's telling the truth because she would have ripped it in self-defense on his approach. However, uh, she has spoken truly and he is from amongst those who are liars. And if, however, his shirt is ripped and torn from the back, from the rear, then she is lying, and he, Sayyidina Yusuf al-Islam, is from the truthful ones. So then, So then when the husband, yani the ruler of Misr, looked at the shirt of Nabi Yusuf al-Islam, he saw that it was ripped from behind. So then he declared, he made a decision. He made a declaration. He made a proclamation. Innahu min That indeed all of this is from the deceptive, trickery, treachery of you women. Of you women. Indeed the plotting and conniving and treachery and trickery of this woman, the women is azim, is tremendous indeed. Alright. Now here... But it's not meant to be some type of gender bias that women are conniving and tricking and men are all nice and simple and sweet. That's in the case of Nabi Yusuf What it means rather is the seducing party, whether it is a man or woman, the seducing party is indeed full of treachery, conniving, conspiring indeed. And the innocent party, depending on the case it might be a man or woman, the innocent party is indeed from the Sadiqin, from those who are truthful. So then, the ruler of Mr. he addressed Yusuf Yusuf, that oh Yusuf, okay, just leave all this. Just let it go, let it be, turn away from all this altogether. And then he told her that you, O oh my wife, you seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for your sins in Naki Kunti Minal Khati'in. Indeed, it was you, you were from the ones who made the mistake, you were erroneous and wrong in your ways. Now, if you think about it, it's Ajib. This is a very mild reaction. This is a very mild reaction from a husband. Look at the nature of this man also. It's an Ajib lesson. A husband opens the door, or the door opens upon him, and he sees that his wife and another man are in some sense of some compromising situation, or seems that something, he stumbled upon something. 
And then he realizes that his wife was in error. So he tells the man, okay, you just leave it and turn away from it. And he tells the wife, what does he tell her? That you seek the forgiveness of Allah Ta'ala for your sins. That indeed you're from the erroneous ones. That's it. And he's done. He's done at that point. Now one reason for this, obviously, for the mild, moderate response, to be fair, is because nothing actually happened either. Right? Nothing actually happened either. But still, at another level, something very big happened, which is what we call emotional infidelity. That he had propositioned another, his wife had propositioned and tried to proposition another man. So, and he's not even, you know, we don't know that much about this, as he's the ruler of Misr. But it, because Allah Ta'ala put this story in Quran, it's suggestive to us that if something extreme doesn't happen, if you find out about some unlawful inclinations, suggestive behavior, suggestive talk, the first response, not the only response, but the first response should be to tell the parties to desist and seek the forgiveness of Allah SWT. So now let me be more blunt. If you stumble upon some messages, inappropriate communication between your spouse and another person, but you know that it has not actually reached the act itself, so you have to tell them to stop and cease and desist, and they should seek the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And sometimes then in that case, the lesser crime, when you have the lesser reaction, sometimes it can take a person out of that lesser crime. And some mistake that we might make is if there's a lesser crime and we have a harder reaction, it doesn't take the person out of the crime. Alright? So this is another lesson. So all of the players in this story, the people in this incident, everything they do is a hidayah from us. Everything that Allah Ta'ala mentioned about this incident in Quran Al-Kareem is a hidayah for us. Alright. Now the story for this is also when Nabi Yusuf moved to the door, it means you have to flee from every proposition. Now to use it in more modern terms, you have to block any person who is having inappropriate conversation with you. You have to cease contact with any person. You have to run for the door. Run away from the SMS. Run away from the email. Run away. And this is all Allah SWT wants us to do is to turn the other way and to go the other way from sin. Then, the Mufassirun made another beautiful point here and because elsewhere Allah Ta'ala in Qur'an he talks about libas al-taqwa. So that taqwa is a garment. So what happened was that Sayyidina Yusuf was trying to protect his libas of taqwa even if his actual physical, actual shirt got ripped. Right? It also shows the level in which she was seducing him. Because then if a man runs away to chase after him and then to clutch at him and then to try to grab him and then to even rip the shirt so that he cannot escape from the room. Allahu Akbar Kabira. But Nabi Yusuf because he had said Ma'ad Allah like what we told you before the break because he turned and he sought refuge in Allah and Allah Ta'ala mentioned as well that we made him from our mukhlasin servants and slaves. Now one lesson from this is also another lesson is that whenever there is false love whenever there is fake love and our deen, false and fake, doesn't mean it wasn't romantic. False and fake means outside nikah. That's called false love in our deen. It doesn't matter how truly loving, affectionate, romantic they may be enamored of each other. It's called false and fake because it's false in sharia. So whenever there's any ghair shari, illegal, impermissible love, 
the person can always betray you. This is a lesson for us that how quickly she turned on the Yusuf because it wasn't just the first thing that she blamed him. Remember the second thing that he should be imprisoned or he should be given azab and alim. I mean, how is it possible if you truly love him? Why in the world would you want your husband to put him in azab and alim? So it means it's a false love. It's the lust, the unlawful lust for gharam is never a true love. And many people, they get fooled that way because their proposition with overtones of love and romance and they say, I need the love and affection. It's not possible. It's not possible that it's true. Anybody who tries to do anything outside Sharia before nikah, physically with a person of the opposite gender, that love can never be true. Right? I left you a little bit of space there. I don't know if you picked it up, so I better comment about that. So I tell you about that space I left, and I also closed that. What, if you caught it, because I said that anybody who tries to do anything unlawful physically with you, before nikah, outside the Sharia, that person can never truly love you. So the space is what, that, okay, there's a person, my cousin, let's say, right? And they're not trying to do anything physically with me at all. And they also say that there should be nothing physical. And they just say that I want to marry you, right? And that's what's going on in the messages. And they don't want to do anything physical at all. So what about that? Is it okay if my cousin or X, Y, Z, A, B, C says they want to marry me, but they're very good, or maybe even you say they're very biased and they don't really want to do anything and they're insisting on absolutely not even meeting, ever even being in seclusion, nothing. They're just expressing this emotional love, right? Now this is a tricky issue, right? Hardcore stances, yes, they shouldn't have fallen in emotional love in the first place, right? So that's the first thing. They should not have allowed themselves to fall in emotional love with a ghair mahram in the first place. How would that have been done? That was done by averting the gaze. Averting the gaze also means not getting to know someone's personality. And averting the gaze isn't just a physical thing. It also means not getting to know someone's personality so intimately that you might fall in love with them. Because if you get to know the personality of a ghair mehram so closely, yes, it might happen that that personality is very lovable to you. Right? So the deen wants to protect you from even doing that. Let's say a person couldn't do that. Or let's say a person says, oh, well, she's my colleague at work. We're doctor and nurse. Or she's doctor and I'm nurse. Or whatever it is. Right? So it says, it wasn't my niya. I was there for work. Or I was there for whatever reason. But during the course of, the, because we live in a society where the society is not segregated according to Islamic norms. This shopkeeper may say, she's my regular customer, and then she starts chatting to me. So there were things you had to be careful with. But if a person wasn't careful, or a person was exposed, and ended up knowing the personality of the Ghermehra, right? So they, they failed on step one. So now what did they do? Because the deen always gives us hidayah. Always remember this. There's always an exit from sin right until the moment you commit sin. There's always be an exit. It's not like, okay, I didn't take the first exit, I didn't lower my gaze, so okay, now what can I do? I might as well. This is a mistake people make. That, oh, I'm not to blame. I didn't, I was never my niya. She was my colleague. I never, I just went to work, but now I ended up knowing her. I ended up falling for her. It's not my fault. So what can I do? You can always do something. There's always an exit. If you didn't take the first exit, there will be a second one, third one, fourth one. There will keep being exits until the act of sin. 
So then we were talking about maybe they were cousins. And you say, well, look, my parents and her parents, they weren't that religious, so they let the cousins mingle freely. So that's how I got to know her. It's not my fault. I was 16, 17, 18 years old. Okay, to some extent we accept that it wasn't your fault. Colleague, to some extent it wasn't your fault. But like I told you, the more strict, true, cautious position is you should have had that training and shouldn't have that knowledge to have been more careful. But maybe you didn't have that training. Maybe you weren't raised on Deen at that level. So you were compromised. Your emotions were compromised. There's still an exit. There's still an exit. You cannot let that emotional compromise and lead you to physical sin. You must still exit. You must exit before any physical sin takes place. Yes, one possible exit would be nikah. One possible to rewrite that. Well, I want to marry you. The time you marry her. That can be an exit. That will take, save you from sin. Right? But if that's not going to happen for whatever reason, if it's not going to happen, don't delude yourself into that. And if you're already married, it's very difficult to take the exit which is called second marriage. It's there in Quran. I'm sitting in front of Quran. I can't deny it. But I'm telling you, it's rare and it's difficult. And if you can't take that exit truly according to all of its teachings and adab and ahkam, right? Better to take the other exit which is I just give up entirely. I let go of this emotional feeling. I let go of this emotional relationship. Because if you let yourself stay in the emotional feeling and stay in the emotional relationship, you're in danger of falling into physical sin. And like I told you, the emotional feeling, emotional relationship itself is also sin. For a ghair mihram, for a woman outside Sharia. So no matter what it might be, yes, you might be due to certain upbringing, due to certain environment. If a person is a university student, if a person works in co-ed, you may be placed in a situation to look at Nabi Yusuf al-Islam. He's exactly the same because he was sold as a slave, because he was bought, because he was raised in that household. He was placed in a situation. He's exactly the same thing as what you're saying. He was placed in a situation due to no fault of his own. He was in that room due to no fault of his own. Alright? So it happens. You might be placed in a situation. You have to do what he did. You have to go for the exit. That's what he did. He went for the door. Alright? There always is an exit. And the other thing I will tell you, although that is, you know, not supposed to be what we do think about in advance, but obviously even, may Allah preserve everyone, but even if a person falls in the physical sin, there's still an exit. And that exit is called Tawbah. You have to renounce it. You have to stop it, cease and desist entirely and make Tawbah and never do that physical sin again. So there's always an exit. And if we don't take those exits, then the cover will be our exit. But if the cover is our exit, you will end up in Azab al-Kabr. You have to exit from sin. You have to exit from sin. So this is the karam and fazl of Allah that He will always give us an exit from sin. Alright? But obviously, you can imagine, the earlier exit you take, the better it is. The sooner, the better. That English phrase, the sooner, the better, cannot apply more truly to anything than this exit from the sin. Alright? And that's basically what Nabi Yusuf was doing. Alright? <coughs> now, uh, okay, now we move to verse number 30. Now what happens? Now, this is another lesson for us. Sometimes people try to patch things up privately 
But the problem is third parties will cause a problem. You see, the husband handled it very well, right? He told you, son, just leave this matter, forget about it, it's over. He told his wife, look, it was your fault, you're an error, you make a stick far to Allah He handled it very well. The matter could have ended there. But no. What's going to happen? <laughs> the women of town. It became the talk of town. The women of town, they started their gossip and they started their rumoring and they started their talking. Hmm? So what did they say? What did they say? Bakala Niswatun fil Madinatim Ra'atul Azizi. Aziz means the rules for the woman of the Aziz, the wife of the ruler. Turawadu Fataha Annasihi. She tried to seduce that young man in her home for the purposes of her own nafs. And him Kajshagafaha Hubba that he's totally, he's infatuated her. He's infatuated with him, but it means, because not, it's literally, it's that he has infatuated her with love. But it doesn't mean Nabi Yusuf did that. It just means his presence and his beauty has made her infatuated in love with him. <coughs> Indeed, we perceive her to be in complete error. Right? So now this word got back to her. This word got... Back to her. Now she's not going to say, it's, it's escalation basically. They started saying these things, it gets back to her, she makes her plan. When she heard of their talking about her, literally means conniving and scheming, because they were maybe plotting to hurt her reputation. So she sent for them, means she invited all of them to come to her. She prepared like a banquet for them, a place to recline and eat and relax to them. And she gave each and every one of them a knife. And then she told Nabi Yusuf to come out and present himself in front of them. So what we realize here is he's not really an adopted son yet. They're basically using him as a manservant. They basically bought him as a slave and they're using him not in very, maybe not in such an oppressive way, but as a butler, as a manservant, as a khadim in the house. And he has to do what they tell them to do. And he went back to still listening to what she said. So he, he, he comes in. Falamma <coughs> So when all of them, they saw him, right? Akbarnahu wa kata'na hunna. Akbarnahu means they did Literally it would be, they do takbir of him. It means that they glorified him, they praised him, they appreciated him, they viewed his beauty to be grand. Maybe you can put it that way. And they ended up cutting their knives, they, they cutting their hands with their knives because they were so awestruck. Maybe that's the better word. They were awestruck by him and they ended up cutting their hands with their knives. They actually took a custom. Hasa literally means, God forbid, it means by Allah, this can't be a human being. This cannot be a human being. He's so handsome. He's so handsome. In Hasa illa malukun kareem, he's like an angel. Hmm? He's so handsome, he's like an angel. Now, so, now, then Nabi Yusuf ends up in another, is another issue, hmm? in another torment. Now, even though he had saved himself earlier, Right? He ends up over here in this situation. Where now all these women, all these women are enamored of him. All these women are enamored of him. Talat. 
Then she replies to the women, فَذَلِكُنَّ الَّذِي لُمْتُنَّنِي This is exactly that which you are blaming, sensing, reprimanding me, fihi, regarding him. وَلَكَدْ رَاوَتْتُهُ أَنَّفْسِهِ And she accepts it. She accepts it that I uh, had um, tried to indeed seduce him for the sake of my own self. فَاسْتَعْسَمْ but he was masum. He took the path of isma. He adopted the path of isma. He adopted the path of purity, innocence. He resisted me. He resisted me. Now the interesting thing here is that he confesses it to them. Now she's back. She's moving back in that direction. She's not shameful of it anymore because she's shown them that all of you feel the same feeling yourself. Right? All of you feel the same feeling yourself. If he does not do what I command him to do, means if he doesn't do this indecency with me, that I will see to it that he will be he will be imprisoned. He will certainly, definitely become imprisoned. And he will be diminished, diminished, despised. He will become humiliated. He will be abased and belittled. He will become abased and belittled. Allahu Akbar Kabira. Now it shows another thing that when lust overpowers a person so much, then that person can even lose their sense of shame in front of others. She has no shame in front of all these women. She's telling them openly, this is what she's going to do. Hmm? She's telling them openly. And Nabi Yusuf is hearing this. It's starting all over again. And now the threat is coming again. And he's doing it openly in front of him. So he said, Call. So he turns to Allah SWT. Call a Rabbi. That, Oh my Rabb. Call a Rabbi Sijnu Ahabbu Ilayya Mimma Yadu'unani Ilay. That, Oh my Allah. The prison, jail, is Ahabbu, is more beloved to me than that which she is calling me to do. Hmm? That which she is calling me to do. Allah Akbar. And in fact, the way Nabi Yusuf says it, Yad'una, that's a plural that those women, all of them are calling me to do. So he got worried that they're all having this. Have Allah, look at this taqwa. Right? And Allah is going to take him up on this sentence. Allah is going to take him up on this and actually put him in jail. Hmm? Can you imagine the level of taqwa in Nabi Yusuf That he'd rather lose. I mean, this is a person who was in a jail of the well for Allah knows how many days that's also not mentioned and finally they came and they took him out and he has some level of freedom he's their manservant but some level of freedom he's willing to go into the prisons and Allah no, I mean we can only imagine what this is you know thousands of years ago one can only imagine what the prisons were like then nobody would want to go to a state of the art modern facility today Allah what a prison was like thousands of years ago alright but he said that no it's more Beloved to me. Unless Allah you turn away from me, their plotting and their scheming. Because Now again, this is another part of it that is heavily commented on. Literally speaking, it means that I may end up, I mean, I would prefer to translate it like this, that I may end up as their prey. Alright? I may end up being victimized towards them. Welcome, Minal Jahileen, and then truly I would become from amongst those who are ignorant. 
I will become amongst those from who are ignorant. So I don't want to lose. You gave me this ilm, you gave me hikmah, you gave me nabuwa. I'm knowingly saying ma'adalah, I'm trying my best, but now there's so many of them, and now they're commending me. Better I be safe in jail than you leave me as prey to them. So his Rabb responded to him. Allah SWT granted his dua. فَصَرَفَ أَنْهُ كَيْدَهُنَّا And Allah Ta'ala took away all their plotting and conniving and scheming upon him. إِنَّهُ هُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْعَلِيمُ Indeed, Allah SWT is all hearing and all knowing. Again, here the same hidayah is for us. That if we turn to Allah SWT and ask Him to give us the exit and we show this humility because literally what it means is Nabi Yusuf was saying when he said أَصْبُوا إِلَيْهِنَّا that I may fall for them. I may incline towards them. But obviously as a Nabi he could never do that, but he was so humble to Allah Ta'ala. He was presenting his humility, his ajz, his incapability. He has no reliance and trust upon himself. La hawla wa la quwata illa billah. So the same lesson is for us. If a person feels that I'm in danger, I can fall into it. I'm in danger of finding myself attracted. I'm in danger of finding myself having that feeling. Say that to Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. Present that to Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. And Allah, if you don't help me, there's no hope for me. I'll become from the Jahileen, I'll be finished, I'll be nothing. Only you can save me. Only you can save me. So, in the Alim, and especially what this means in this context, the rapt, the connection in these verses, is generally Allah Ta'ala is Asamil Alim. And when someone turns to him and makes dua like this, and when somebody makes dua like Sayyidina Yusuf made, and somebody presents their weakness and humbleness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and somebody begs Allah ta'ala to take them on the exit and protect them from the sin, in such circumstances indeed Allah ta'ala is intensely listening and all-knowing of their condition and of the terror and fear of sin that is in their heart. Innahu huwa sami'ul Allahu Akbar Kabira. But again we are mistake. We don't. We forget Allah Ta'ala knows what we're doing and we forget that Allah Ta'ala would listen to us if we had turned to Him. Alright. ثُمَّ بَدَالُهُمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا رَعَوُ الْآيَاتِ So what happens here is now, and this is, this is the men involved. What happens? The signs that are somehow the men folk of the town got to see these signs. That their women folk were going wild over Yusuf. They got to see these things. So now it's the talk of the men of the town. And when they realized this, they took the decision that what should they do? La yasjunannahu hattahin That they should in fact imprison Nabi Yusuf for some time. So they actually then put him in prison. The notion is hattahin means you can think like until matters cool down. Alright? Okay. Then what happens is next phase of Nabi Yusuf Islam's life is now he's in prison. The two young men also happen to be imprisoned along with him at the same time. So one of the two they said to him that look I see myself it means in a dream that I'm squeezing grapes pressing wine. Alright? And the other of the two said to him you also happen to see a dream. Inni arani ahmalu foka rasi khubza that I am carrying some wheat, bread, grain on my head. Takulutteiru minhu and there are birds coming and they're eating from this meat that I, uh, bread that I have on my head. 
Nabi'na bita'wilihi inform us of what is the meaning and interpretation of these dreams. Inna naraka min al We look at you and we view you and consider you to be from the people of Esam. So what happened here is that they were in the prison. They didn't know, but they could see the nur of Nabuwa. They could perceive it somehow. And they thought that, okay, this person seems to be a noble, pure person. And so but let's ask him to interpret our dreams. So Nabi Yusuf salam, who had been taught this field by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, Qala. <coughs> Yet, uh, Nabi Yusuf says, La ya'tikuma ta'amun turzaqanihi illa naba'tukuma bitta'wilihi kabla an ya'tikuma thalikuma mimma allamani rabbi inni taraktu millata qawmin la yu'minuna billahi wa hum bilakhiratihum kafirun what does he do basically he does dawah to them first says before I will tell you the ta'wil the interpretation of this and before any food with which you are to be provided actually comes to you first what I'm going to do is I'm going to do dawah on you because this ability to interpret is also from that which my Rabb gave me this is from this interpretation I will give you is from what my Rabb taught me but I want to tell you first that I've left I left what? behind the Milla, the religion, the way of life the path of that calm, that community who did not believe in Allah and they were deniers of Akhirah they were deniers of وَتَبَعْتُ مِلَّةَ أَبَائِي إِبْرَهِيمَ وَإِسْحَاقَ وَيَعْقُوبَ And I chose to follow the path of these Anbiya, my forefathers, my great-grandfather Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salam, my grandfather Nabi Ishaq alayhi salam, and my father Yaqub alayhi salam. So he first tells them that, you know, this ability to interpret dreams came from my Rabb, and it's from Nabuwa, and there's an Akhirah, and he first says da'wah on them. مَا كَانَ لَنَا أَن نُشْرَكَ بِاللَّهِ مِنْ شَيْءٍ so the first da'wah is of Tawheed. That it does not befit us that we associate any partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That we do not ascribe and associate and affiliate any single thing with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's the first thing. So Tawheed and Nabuwa, he explains that to them. That this is the fuzzle and karam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on us. On us might mean on us, him and his forefathers, line of Anbiya. On us can mean us, those of us who are here, that I'm doing da'wah and I'm including you in the da'wah. This is also one of the methods of da'wah. To include the person. Not that you're talking to them or talking down at them. That you're talking that we together have the fuzzle of Allah on us. nasi, And the fuzzle of Allah is all people, all humanity. But the vast majority of people are ungrateful. Ungrateful for this fuzzle of Allah on us. And the specific fuzzle he means here is the fuzzle of Hidayah, the fuzzle of Wahi, the fuzzle of Nabuwa, the fuzzle of the Wahdaniyyah, the oneness of Allah SWT. This is Allah's fuzzle on us, that He is one, and that He guides us to Iman in Him. <coughs> then he tries to, second aspect of Dawah, the Romans including them in this fuzzle. First was to tell them that my interpretation dreams is from Allah Ta'ala. Second to include them in fuzzle. Third, he tries to use you can call it an intellectual argument with them. Ya sahibi yasijn. That all oh, the two companions of the prison cell with me. A'ababun mutafarrikuna khayrun amillahul wahidul qahar. 
Is it better to have multiple deities, multiple lords, multiple gods, plurality of rubs? Or is it better to have one all-powerful, omnipotent Allah? What would you rather have? مَا تَعْبُدُونَ مِن دُونِهِ إِلَّا سْمَا أَنْ سَمَّيْتُمُوهَا أَنْتُمْ وَأَبَاؤُكُمْ what it is that whatever it is that you worship besides other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are nothing other than names, nothing other than fictional entities, fictional divinities, nothing other than names that you have designed and designated for yourselves and your parents and ancestors and forefathers came up with those names. Ma anzalallahu biha min sultan and Allah has not sent down any warrant, any authority that such these things can be worshipped. In al illa lillah and know that the judgment and decision is only going to lie with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Amana Allah ta'budu illa iya. And Allah ta'ala has commanded that none should be worshipped except for Him alone. Thalika deenul qayyim. This is indeed the true steadfast deen. These two words in Quran are also famous. Ad-deenul qayyim. And many of our early ulama in the classical, medieval, even late period, they used to write books. Ad-Din al-Qayyim. Malana Manazar Asan Gilani of India also wrote a book called Din al-Qayyim. This is the real path, the steadfast path. Hmm? But unfortunately, the vast majority of people, they don't know. So he had a much greater concern for them. He had a figure for them. So now this is Nabuat is flowing from him because this is the work of the Anbiya to guide people to Tawheed, to take them away from Shirk, to teach them about Allah subhanahu wa It's flowing from him now. He would not have mention of it flowing from him before the jail. We don't have mention of a conversation like this between him and that woman. We don't have any mention of him doing but when he entered the jail, Allah put more fuzzle on him, put more karam on him. And now the Nabuat was just flowing from him. Allah Akbar Kabira. Ya sahib sijni. Oh, two companions of mine saying, Amma ahadukuma. So now he's going to tell them the interpretations of the dream. So now as to the first of the two of you who had that dream about that I was squeezing the grapes, pressing the wine, Fayaski Rabbahu Khamra. You will give your master. Rabb doesn't mean Allah means your king, master, whatever, uh, wine to drink. And as far as the other one of you, Allah Akbar, for Yuslabu, you will be crucified. For min the birds will be picking at your head. Means they're going to be pecking at your brain. They won't be pecking at any wheat and bread that you have on top of it. Allah Then Allah Taala makes the declaration. Uh, the Nabi uh, says that the matter on which you asked istifta means which you asked and consulted me on has been determined. I mean, it is going to pass like this. This is exactly what's going to happen. Alright, so it means one of them will live and the other one will be sentenced to death. So the one who lives and he's going to, the interpretation dream is going to give wine to his master so he realizes he's going to go free. Right? So Nabi Yusuf tells him, that Nabi Yusuf tells to the one who's going to go free, Minhuma from the two of them, Udkurni in the Rabbik, that you mentioned me to your master. Means when you get out, remind them that they said they were going to put me in here keen for some time, and maybe they've forgotten me. Alright? Fa'ansahu shaitanu. Allah Akbar, so he does go free. 
he must have fulfilled the dream and pressed the wine for his master. But what happened? Shaitan made him to forget Zikr Rabbihi to mention Nabi Yusuf to his master. So therefore, Nabi Yusuf remained in the prison for a number of years. Bid'a means a number of years. Alright? A period of years. Quite a lot of time passes. Allahu Akbar Kabira. Now imagine Nabi Yusuf living in that prison and the senses he may be alone now. It's like solitary confinement. He went with two. The one was taken out, sentenced, crucified. The other was released and went to the master. And the ma- he forg- and Satan made him forget to mention Nabi Yusuf as master. So he's just spending all this time, years, years upon years in jail alone. Allahu Akbar Kamira. All of this was just to save himself. Just to save himself from uh, <coughs> the threat or the danger even of sin. Now what happens on top in the world out, outside the jail? Wakalul Maliku. So now the king sees a dream. Inni ara sab bakaratin simanin yakuluhunna sab un ijafun wa sab usumbulatin khudrin wa ukhara yabisat. So this is like an agricultural dream from that time, that I see seven healthy, fat cows, and then I see seven lean, skinny, emaciated cows, and then I see seven healthy, green, flushed ears of grain, and I see seven dried, withered shafts of grain. Okay? So this is what he sees in the dream. So then he calls his counselors, Ya ayyuhal mala, ya ayyuhal mala'u, Oh my counselors and advisors and chieftains, that go and ask from amongst your people and your citizenry what? What is the meaning of this dream? In kuntum if indeed you were able to interpret dreams. Indeed you were able to interpret dreams. Oh, sorry, you are uh, I ask uh, counsel me, you all counsel me about this dream of mine if indeed you are able to do ta'bir or interpret dreams. Qalu. So all of them, all of the chiefs, what did they say? That this is azghasu ahlam. This is like a jumbled, mixed up of dreams. Too many imageries, we can't figure it out. وَمَا نَحْنُ بِتَعْوِيلِ الْأَحْلَامِ بِعَالِمِينَ And we are not people who have the knowledge of the interpretation of dreams. Alright. Then, that one of the two who was freed, وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ نَجَا مِنْهُمَا From the two who was freed from the jail, وَدَكَّرَ بَعْدَ أُمَّةٍ أَنَا أُنَبِّئُكُمْ بِتَعْوِيلِهِ فَأَرْسِلُونَ So he said to him, having remembered after a long time, having forgotten of Yusuf Islam, that I will tell you its interpretation. Delegate this task to me and send me. So then he goes into jail, Yusuf, أَيُّهَا الصِّدِّيكُ Allah Akbar. So he calls, Oh Yusuf, Oh Siddiq, any man of truth, person of truth, person of veracity. So the same things. Tell me what is it? But you have these seven healthy fat cows, and they devour and eat those seven lean emaciated cows. And then you have these seven shafts of flesh, green grain, with a lot of kernels on it. And then you have these seven others that are withered and dry. So he asked them, what does it mean? لَأَلِّي أَرْجِئُوا إِلَى النَّاسِ So that I may go back to the people. 
La Allah ya Lamun so that they may know the understanding and interpretation of this dream. Alright, so Nabi Yusuf he doesn't. Now look, Nabi Yusuf doesn't say, Oh, nice of you to remember me, or why did you forget me, or how come you didn't mention me to a king? No. He just tells them the interpretation. Call. What's going to happen is that for seven years, you are going to plant your crop and sow your seeds and do the harvest as usual. And whatever you reap, leave it in the ear or the grain or whatever the agricultural term is, the shaft, and only take out as much as you need to eat. So seven years you will have the standard plentiful harvest, but you should only consume as much as required, and you should save the rest. Why? After that will come seven years shidadun, really hard, arduous years. Tough years will come. Means in terms of the harvest, that you will have very bad harvest. So in that you will consume the provisions that you saved in the first seven years. Alright? And then after that will come one year when the people will have plentitude and in that they will be producing as well with plentitude. Alright. <coughs> So he tells, uh, what's his name? He, uh, he tells the prison, uh, he tells the prisoner, the released prisoner, that uh, this is the interpretation of the dream. Okay, so now the prisoner will go back and explain it back to the king. So seven good years of harvest, seven hard years of harvest, and then they will have a lot of rains. And from that they will have ease or they will squeeze out uh, things of bounty and blessing for themselves. Okay. So when the person goes back and he tells the king about the interpretation of the dream, so the king says, okay, bring him to me. Bring the person who interprets the dream to me. So then Yusuf tells him that now you go back. I won't go with you. So the prisoner comes and says, okay, the king is telling you to come. Yusuf says, you return to him and first ask him, what happened to those women who would cut their hands? means, what happened to that whole matter? What happened to that conspiracy against me? Am I still in danger? Am I still in threat? Allahu Kabira. He doesn't want to come out. He does not want to come out unless he is assured first that that matter is taken care of. Allah Akbar Kabira. Ajeeb. Inna Rabbi Bikaidihinna Alim. Because I know my Rabb, my Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Here now this is the word Rabb. More Mufasrun say that Rabb here means Allah ta'ala. That I know my Allah ta'ala knows about their treachery. Small opinion is that Rabb means that same leader of Egypt that I know he knows about their planning and treachery and that I am truly innocent. <coughs> Alright. Now, a couple of lessons before we move to Nabi Yusuf coming out of the prison. One lesson is 
that Nabi Yusuf had so much hilm and sabr that he's always willing to help out. He helped them when they were there and then one was crucified and the one came back and he helped him again. So this means what? So our Asatiza ulama used to teach it like this that the teacher should always give guidance to the student even if the student forgets the instructions that were given to him. Because there was a bad student, the first the prisoner, he was told that you have to remind the king about me and he didn't do so. So the Nabi Yusuf taught him again anyway. He interpreted the next dream for him anyway. So he interpreted the first dream, he was freed, he interpreted the second dream anyway. Rajiv, the ulama, used to take out adab for themselves. That we should be kind and generous even to those students who forget our instructions or who don't follow our instructions. Allah Akbar Kabira, Ajib, right? Then, when Nabi Yusuf salam chose or uh, uh, not chose, but asked Allah Ta'ala that if there's no salvation for me, then place me in the prison. So Allah Ta'ala gave him ma'rifah. Allah Ta'ala gave him deep, intimate knowledge of himself and understanding of dreams. And if that knowledge of Allah Ta'ala and the dreams is what enables him to come out of the prison of the jail, so the notion is it's the knowledge of Allah Ta'ala and the understanding of deen that will take a person out of the prison of their nafs. That will take a person out of the prison of their nafs. Means the prison of their sins. Alright. Qala. So then, uh, the king goes and investigates. The king goes and investigates. Ma khadbukunna idha wattunna yusufa an nafsihi. He actually goes to those women and addresses them and says, okay, what exactly was the matter? What transpired? What happened? What were you doing when you tried to Seduce Nabi Yusuf alayhi salam. That they said, they also confessed that no, Allah forbid, we know of no evil in him. He's purely, completely innocent. There's no flaw in him, no evil in him. So when the women said that, now the first woman, the wife of the ruler, now she said, now the truth has become absolute, clear and manifest. Because now the women are also saying it, and now the king is also investigated, and they have testified to the king. So now she realized that the truth has become absolute, manifest and clear. So then she confessed and she said openly, that I am the one who tried to seduce him. And indeed, he, Yusuf Islam, is from the true ones and the pure ones. And he was telling the truth. So this is to let Nabi Yusuf know. What? The Yusuf said that this is to let the, the ruler know that I did not betray him in secret. I wasn't khain. It's an amana. I was a manservant in his house and he trusted me with his wife. So I did this so that he would investigate and he would come to learn on his own that I did not do khiana, I did not betray him at all, and indeed Allah Ta'ala will never ever give his hidayah to those people who are khain, who plan on how to betray other people. So the lesson here is that uh, sometimes we have to exonerate ourselves, sometimes we have to clear ourselves. 
And the lesson here is also that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never ever give hidayah to a person who plots to betray other people. To all the plotting and scheming people might do to hurt one another, harm one another, betray one another, it will never ever work. And then this is a very uh, famous ayah of Quran al-Kareem. وَمَا أُبَرِّئُ النَّفْسِي إِنَّ النَّفْسَ لَأَمَّارَةٌ بِسْتُوئِ إِلَّا مَا رَحِمَ الرَّبِّي إِنَّ الرَّبِّي غَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ وَمَا أُبَرِّئُ النَّفْسِي I am not able to exonerate myself. I cannot declare that I myself was pure because indeed the nafs compulsively commands and dominates the person to do evil except when my Rabb has mercy on that person. So it means he's not attributing it to his own purity, his own taqwa. It's only the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he puts ghafoor as if he had made a mistake and a sin and needs to be forgiven. He said, indeed, my Rabb is ghafoor, is forgiving and rahim. He didn't even say Rahimun. Even by saying Ghafoor, he's even being so humble to suggest that I did make a sin. And Allah Ta'ala is forgiving to me. I did make a mistake and Allah Ta'ala is forgiving to me. And he's merciful to me that he saved me from it. So this is a very important statement in Quran. وَمَا أُبَرِّئُ نَفْسِي إِنَّ النَّفْسَ لَأَمَّارَةٌ بِالسُوءِ إِلَّا مَا رَحِمَ رَبِّي إِنَّ رَبِّي غَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ وَقَالَ الْمَلِكُ so now the king, he says, وَقَالَ الْمَلَكُ تُونِي بِهِ That bring him now to me. أَسْتَخْلِسْهُ nafsi. Now what that you are now completely secure and safe and free of blame. And so the king then calls him to him, exonerates him and gives him sanctuary. Uh, yeah, and gives him sanctuary. Alright. Now what we realize is this. Lesson from this is that when we give up our unlawful passions and desires from makhluk, Allah subhanahu will be razi and pleased with us. And the only way to save ourselves from our nafsi amara is that Allah subhanahu sends His rahmah and mercy to us. So then He, uh, the King, brings Him to Him and protects Him. فَلَمَّا كَلَّمُهُ قَالَ إِنَّكَ الْيَوْمَ لَدَيْنَا مَكِينٌ أَمِينٌ and now you are going to be makin amin. Makin, you will be well placed, well settled. And amin, you will be totally trusted and trustworthy. You have earned a trustworthy place with us from this day onward. So now, Nabi Yusuf himself says, that okay, if you want to make me makin and amin, make me the treasurer. Appoint me to supervise the treasuries of the land. Why? Because... He wanted, uh, don't misunderstand, it's not like he wants to be finance minister. He wants to execute the dream. He's saying, make me in charge of the storehouses of grain. That's what it means. This Khazan al-Ard. Make me in charge of the storehouses of the grain so I can execute this dream and guide the community out properly that we save as much as we need to in those seven years so that we can last in those seven years of hardship. And then he, prevents, he presents his qualifications for the job. Inni hafizun alim. Hafiz, I will be very careful, conscientious to guard and safeguard that storage. And alimun, and I'm very expert and knowledgeable in what I will do. And obviously he's a nabi. He's been given this ilm and hikmah, ilm and uh, knowledge and wisdom from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
and indeed, Al-Tal says that he uh, lived wherever he so wanted. Nusibu bimrahmatina man And we make our mercy reach whomsoever we want. Wala nudhi'u ajral muslimin. And we will never let go to waste the reward those of who do good. Alright? So this is the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَالْأَجْرُ الْآخِرَةِ خَيْرٌ لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَكَانُوا يَتَّقُونَ And the reward of the hereafter is even better for those people who have iman and who always have taqwa. وَكَانُوا يَتَّقُونَ And who always have taqwa. And another place Allah has mentioned that these are awliya. These are the people who are the awliya of Allah SWT. And Nabi Yusuf is the Nabi of Allah SWT. Alright. So this is now the end of this phase of the story. Next thing will happen is that during these seven years of hardship, so it means seven entire years pass of the mm, good seasons. Seven more, so years in jail. Seven more years pass of the good seasons. And Nabi Yusuf skillfully saves as much as possible and skillfully disperses as much as needed. And now you enter the second season of the seven years in which there was hardship. All right. And, you know, it's another very important point I think we should make, although normally we make this when teaching this in a Muslim country, but it means that this passage of Quran is telling us the criteria to be a ruler and leader and minister and governor and per- person of any position in government. Hafizun alim. You have to be trustworthy and you have to be expert. In modern contemporary language it means in government of honest technocrats, of truly honest, reliable and capable people. And this is what Allah is teaching us in Quran. And unfortunately, as you know, in almost all the different parts of the Muslim world, in almost all of the branches of government, in almost all of the levels, in almost all of the positions of leadership, we have very few people who fulfill this criteria of being Hafiz and Alim. And if you have that, if you have those capable people, then they can guide you even out of seven years of famine. They can skillfully steer a community through years of hardship. And they can also make sure that a community does not abuse any plentiful bounty that Allah Ta'ala sends upon them. Two words, Allah Subhanahu Quran, in two words, he encapsulated the whole principle of management and governance, Hafizun Alim. Hmm? But that's what a person has to be. They have to be Hafiz, truly trustworthy, guardian, careful, conscientious, and they have to be alimun, truly knowledgeable, capable, and skilled. That's it. That's it. Allahu Akbar. And it's exactly these two things. Allah Ta'ala maskare. Allah Ta'ala give us hidayah. Uh, and it's only, it's our own fault. You know, Allah Ta'ala sends rulers to people based on their own condition. If the people were better, Allah Ta'ala put better rulers over us. So there's no need for some huge political science discussion. Yeah, because Nabi Karim Sallallahu mentioned that clearly. That people will have rulers according to their own condition. So what you have to do and what we have to do, we have to fix our own condition. Allah will send those Hafiz Alim rulers upon us again, inshallah ta'ala, if we make our condition of Iman and Taqwa again. Here, so now, back to the story of Nabi Yusuf alayhi salam. 
Uh, we had reached here. So what happened is now the brothers of Yusuf come because the system there was you had to come to this minister and get the grain from the stores of reserves and he recognized them but they could not recognize him. They could not recognize him. Right? Because maybe he was very small when he left and he had grown up a lot. And also, I feel here that, uh, I never read this anywhere, but just an idea I will share with you, that because I, a question came to my mind that he, he was so beautiful, Nabi Yusuf was so singularly beautiful, how could they not recognize him? Fine, they might not recognize him because he grew older, but, you know, it's not that hard to recognize your own brother, and if your brother is so remarkably handsome, so I feel that Allah Ta'ala had blinded them to his beauty. Because they chose to ignore his batin beauty. Despite his having the nur of Nabuwa, they cast him into the well. So Allah Ta'ala put a veil over their eyes and their ability to perceive his outward beauty and his outward handsomeness. And because they couldn't perceive that distinct handsomeness and beauty that he had, then yes, they couldn't recognize him because so many years had passed. All right? But Baral, either way, whether we know the reason or not, but because Allah Subhanahu declares it clearly, they were not able to recognize Him. All right, and but that's something for us to think about. You know uh, that we, if we don't uh, understand the inner beauty of Deen, we will not be able to perceive the outward beauty of Sharia. All right, and we will be veiled. We will be veiled from understanding. Just like that, and I'm, let me dispel a very important myth. The person who truly appreciates the inner beauty, character, adab, akhlaq of Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam, they will necessarily also truly appreciate the outward beauty of his sunnah. And if a person is unable yet to appreciate the outward beauty of his sunnah, it necessarily means they have not yet, no matter what they may claim, they have not yet completely appreciated the beauty of his inner sunnah. There's a rapt in our deen between the batin and zahir. Even Allah Ta'ala Himself has these two names, al-batinu al-zahiru. So there's a rapt, there's a connection, there's a link between these things. So when, basically, uh, Nabi Yusuf salam, when they came and he recognized them and they came for the grain and then he provided them with the grain and the supplies, he told them, and they should have been alerted to this, he told them that bring me another brother who is from your father, means they came without bin Yamin, right? Allah tarawna anni fil and don't you see that I gave you the full measure of grain that you needed? And don't you see that I'm one of the best of hosts in you? Alright. And then he told him, And if you don't bring him to me, means next time you come, You will have no measured grain for you. Uh, indeed, with me you will find nothing for you. And you won't even be able to get near me. I won't even let you come near me to ask me. Allahu Akbar. So this was the plan of Nabi Yusuf Alayhi Salaam. Alright. So they told him, Kalu, 
the brother responded to him, سَنُنَاوَدُ anhu abahu wa inna We will go and we will ask our father the same request of yours that he should send us. And inshallah, wa inna lafailun, we will do it. We will do it, we will get this done, we will do it indeed. وَقَالَ Nabi Yusuf he to his assistants, or you can say servants, so he said, put their stuff, their grains, in their saddlebags so they may recognize it when they return to their people in the hope that they may come back. In the hope that they will return back to us. It means he wants them to come back for more because when they come back for more, they will come back and bring him uh, Binyamin. Alright. So here now they go back. When they return back to their father. So they tell him, That we have been told that we're not going to get any further measure of provisions of the grain and it will be withheld from us. For what you should do, فَأَرْسِلْ ma'ana akhana, Send our brother along with us. نَكْتَلْ وَإِنَّ لَهُ لَهَا And when you send your brother, uh, our brother with us, then we will get our full measure. And same sentence I said before, وَإِنَّ لَهُ لَهَا And we will be guardians and watchers over him. قَالْ So Nabi Yaqub tells them, هَلْ آمَنُكُمْ عَلَيْهِ إِلَّا كَمَا آمِنْتُكُمْ عَلَىٰ أَخِيهِ مِنْ قَبْلِ Should I trust you with this, Binyamin, youngest of mine, the same way I trusted you earlier with your brother, means Yani Nabi Yusuf But then again, that's all he will say, but Nabi Yaqub knows he has to go along with the plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَاللَّهُ خَيْرٌ Actually, it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is the best and truest of guardians and watchers. Indeed, he is the most merciful of the merciful ones. When they opened up their saddlebags and they saw mata'ahum, their stuff and their provisions, they found that their goods and provisions had been returned to them. So then they said to their father, What else would we have wanted? These are all our provisions and goods have been returned to us. So why don't you give our brother to us and we will go and we will bring back even more and we will even add the measure of one more camel because when we go with one more person we can bring one more camel's worth of goods, uh, grain and goods back for us. And that will be such an easy way for us to get the abortion good. Alright. So they're again basically convincing their father to let Binyamin go with them. Alright. What does he do? Nabi Yaqub Kal, he says, Lan ursilahu ma'akum hatta tu'tuna mawthikam min Allahi. I will not send him along with you until you give me a pact with Allah Ta'ala. means you take a custom and an oath and Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala la bihi illa an bikum. What is that? That you will promise that you will bring him back to me unless yuhatabikum you were surrounded. means in some way that you were surrounded or overpowered. 
Okay, so what did they do? When they gave him that pledge and pact, so he said, Allah Ta'ala is a wakil, he is the, the, the trustee of that which we have spoken to each other. So now he goes to Binyamin and gives him some advice, and what does he say to him? Right? And it's a very, very interesting thing here, by the way, is that all this time, Nabi Yaqub knows that these brothers are mischievous. And all these years have passed, but he never kicked them out of his house. He never let go of them. He even here doesn't refuse them. So it shows his hilm as a father. It shows his long-lasting istikama and loyalty as a father. Hmm? And this is also one of the very important lessons that we should never give up on our children no matter how much they may err and stray from the path. And ultimately we should know that it's Allah Ta'ala who can be, is the true guardian of our children and who can bring them back on the path. Ultimately it's Allah Ta'ala who is the true guardian of our children and who can bring them back on the path. And this is what Nabi ya- Yaqub is doing with regard to these uh, children, these other brothers. So here, but meanwhile, he goes uh, to Binyamin. And he tells uh, Binyamin, he gives him uh, some advice. Wakala ya baniya. This is to Binyamin and all the brothers actually. Don't enter the city from a single gate. Enter through different gates. Abullah Walam, this is some, he has some worry. Maybe this is a Nurviz Nabu, he can check something, so he's coming up with this idea that don't enter one gate lest there's some attack, you'll be split up. And look, I can't help you at all against the will and wish of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in al-hukmu illa lillah and indeed the judgment and decision and matter will always be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and upon him alone do I place my entire trust and upon him alone will all the people who have tawakkul place their entire trust alright when they entered the city in the manner in which their father had commanded them, yani from different gates, So the same sentence, that nothing could help them against the plan and wish what Allah Ta'ala wanted to happen to them, but rather it was just a haja, a need in the soul and the heart of Nabi Yaqub which they carried out. وَإِنَّهُ لَذُو ilm, Because indeed they knew the father Yaqub Zu ilm was a person of tremendous knowledge. لَمَا أَلَّمْنَاهُ وَلَكِنَّ أَكْثَرَ النَّاسِ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ So inasmuch as Allah Ta'ala taught him, but the vast majority of people did not know. Here it suggests that Nabi Yaqub a lot of people in his community weren't, had not accepted him as a Nabi. Again this is giving solace to Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu the same condition was of Nabi Karim in the early Makkin period. That he was indeed a person of ilm and tremendous knowledge. And the knowledge was that which Allah Ta'ala taught him in the Quran. However, the vast majority of people did not know and did not recognize him and therefore did not accept him as a Nabi. Here, So when their brothers entered the presence of Yusuf, 
So what did he do? He took and received this brother specifically, it means Binyamin. inni ana akhuka, And he tells him that I'm actually your brother. He reveals himself to Binyamin. And don't be worried and don't be grieved about what your brothers have been doing all this time. Don't be worried and don't be grieved about what your brothers have been doing all this time. Then Yusuf has a particular scheme he will do. So when they laid in their goods and grains and their saddlebags, So he placed the drinking cup in the saddlebag of his brother. His brother Binyamin. And then he had a caller called out, that, O oh, caravan, O oh, people who have come, indeed you are thieves. Indeed you are thieves. And then they said and turned towards them, That what, what is it? What is it that you are saying is missing? If you claim we're thieves, tell us what's missing in the first place. So Kalu, so then the assistance of Nabi Yusuf responded, Kalu, Nafkadu al Maliki, that we are missing the drinking vessel of the king himself. And whomsoever procures it, produces it, displays it, we will give them a whole extra camel load, camel here, literally cam, camel load of goods or grains provisions. And we guarantee that. So then the brothers, they responded, they said, No, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they took us that look, you know, you know that we did not come to cause facade, to cause trouble in this land. And we are not thieves. So then the attendants and group of Nabi Yusuf said, What should be your punishment if you are, it turns out that indeed you are liars? Right? So, Kalu, they said, Kalu jaza'uhu ma'u wujida fi rahlihi fahuwa jaza'uhu. So, then the, they, the, the brother responded that the, the, the punishment will be for that person in whose saddle bag that drinking cup is found. Kathalika nadzil zalimeen, and thus should the, uh, we punish the wrongdoers. Fabada'a bi'aw'iyatihim. So what did they do? They went in the saddle bag. Uh, they began opening up the baggage. And sure enough, they produced the drinking vessel from their brother's saddle bag. And so they had just said that the punishment will be on whomsoever saddle bag the drinking cup comes from. And the saddle, and this is how we punish the wrongdoers that the one who was guilty from the group, he should be punished, not the whole group. That's what they meant. It's a strange thing. It means that somehow, let me put it now simply because it's hard in the word-for-word translation, somehow they realized that if we're being accused of this, maybe, just maybe, this drinking cup will come from our saddlebags. So better we tell them straight up that don't punish us as a group. The punishment should only come on whichever one of us saddlebags that drinking cup is. So it means they turn on each other. This is another lesson. That in the beginning of the surah they were mentioned as the uspa, as a group, as if they had a common pact to turn on the Yusuf al-Islam. But when they were threatened, they had no loyalty to one another. 
and this is the nature of false people. They didn't know it was going to be Binyamin. They were turning on all, each one were turning on each other. That whichever one is guilty, he's done, you can have him and do what you want, we want to go home peacefully. So they lost that unity. They lost that group compassion for each other. Alright? And sure enough, because Nabi uh, Yusuf had it planted in the saddlebag of that youngest brother, so it was taken out from there. Alright. Uh, where were we over here? So then Allah Ta'ala makes it clear, this is ajeeb, because a person with only a mind and not a heart, yeah, listen to that again, a person with only a mind and not a heart would ask a question at this moment. Oh, but Nabi Yusuf Islam is plotting against uh, brothers. Is it okay for Nabi to do that? He planted the cup there and he's accusing them. He had his people call out that they're stealing. Is it okay for Nabi to do that? So Allah Ta'ala makes it. And thus did we, Allah, devise this plan for Yusuf Islam. Means all of the above that Nabi Yusuf did, this whole plan of planting the cup and had his callers call out, all of that, he was told by Allah Ta'ala to do that. It was wahi to Nabi Yusuf Alayhi Hmm? So here again, Allah Ta'ala is clearing Nabi Yusuf Islam that anyone ever in history or in the future ever think wrong of him, that why did he do that? Hmm? Allahu Akbar. And then Allah Ta'ala gives the reason that Nabi Yusuf Islam would never have been able to get his brother bin Yameen in safe custody away from his brothers according to deen here means according to the sharia the laws of that king illa an yasha Allah unless it was the will and wish of Allah subhanahu wa and when Allah ta'ala willed and wished it he sent wahi and he guided Nabi Yusuf al-Islam what plan to use to get bin Yameen narfau darajatim man nasha and Allah says, and I, Allah, my might and majesty, raise the levels of whomsoever I want. And above everyone who has knowledge is a person who has even more knowledge than them. That's one meaning of this. And the second meaning is above everyone who has knowledge. Alim means Al-Alim, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So two meanings over here. Above anyone who has knowledge is always somebody who knows more than them. And above everyone who has knowledge, ultimately, Zati Bari Ta'ala, Allahul Alim, that all knowledgeable, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All knowledgeable, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, one meaning of this rapt is that this wasn't even in the knowledge of Nabi Yusuf al-Islam. He couldn't think. It was beyond his ability at this time to think how to keep Binyamin. And Allah Ta'ala has greatest knowledge and Allah Ta'ala guided him. Alright? This statement, by the way, these words in Quran are often also used in the circles of ulama to train the ulama to have humility. That no matter how big an alam you might be, you should know there are always other ulama who have more knowledge than you. So no matter how you might think you're right on a particular issue, it's possible that that other person knows more than you and they might be more right on that issue than you are and you need to open up and have a discussion with them and listen with open ears and an open heart. Alright? Uh, so when, sorry, when the cup was found in the battle saddlebag of Binyamin, the rest of the brothers said, In Yasrit, if he stole it, if he stole it, Fakad Saraka Akhun Lahum in Kabul, 
he has a brother before who also used to steal. And they're slandering Nabi Yusuf hmm? Just out of the blue. With, with, as nothing. There's no need to even say this sentence. Right? If he has stolen well, there is a brother of his. And he means Nabi Yusuf who has stolen before. Little do they know that they're talking to Nabi Yusuf himself. Allah Akbar. Absolutely no need for this sentence. So it's like they were happy to be rid of these half-brothers of theirs. Right? These half-brothers of theirs. فَأَسَلَّهَا يُوسُفُ فِي نَفْسِهِ Now, I mean, Yusuf would want to have to last back at them. But he kept it still a secret. He kept his identity secret in his own self. وَلَّامِ يُبْدِهَا لَهُمْ And he did not reveal it, disclose it to them. قَالَ Nabi Yusuf said, أَنْتُمْ شَرُّمْ مَكَانَ That you are in an evil place, evil position, evil standing indeed. Evil place, evil place, evil standing indeed. Wallahu a'lam tasifun, and Allah Ta'ala knows best the reality of what you claim to describe. But that's just how he defends himself. That neither Binyamin is a thief and nor, nor, nor is he a thief. Khair, alu, so then the rest of the brothers they say, Ya ayuhal aziz, inna lahu aban shaykhan, that oh ruler, that this young boy Binyamin, he has an old man father. Aban shaykhan kabiran. That he is an old, elderly father. Why don't you take any one of us in his place? Now this is a good part of them. A good part of them. They offered any one of them in place of Binyamin. And we view and perceive you to be a person who would be of grace and generosity and goodness. All. So no, he replies, Ma'adallah. Hajib. Same words. قال مَعَذَ اللَّهِ أَن نَأْخُذَ إِلَّا مَنْ وَجَدْنَا مَتَاعَنَا إِنْدُهُ That how could I ever take someone other than the one who is guilty? How could I hold back someone other than the one in whom our stolen property was found? إِنَّا إِذَا لَظَالِمُونَ And if I did that, I would be an oppressor. I would be a wrongdoer. Alright. Now the, brother, the brothers are basically worried that what's going to happen when they go back home to their father and now they will have to say that they've left Binyamin, that they've, left, they've lost Binyamin also. That's why they had offered to one of their own selves. Here, now when they realize they couldn't do it, so Now they lost all hope. Lost all hope. So what they did is they withdrew to confer and discuss amongst themselves privately. Those of you who know Urdu, we call it Niji Majlis. It's from this Najiya. So they retreated to have a private, to confer privately amongst themselves. So the eldest of the brothers said, Alam That don't you know that your father took from you a pledge and an oath that you were going to protect Binyamin? And you swore it. Right, Mawthikam min Allahi from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wa min qablu and also before what happened ma faradtum fi Yusuf and don't you remember the excess and excessive negligence and oppression you had towards Yusuf alayhi salam falan abrahal arda hatta ya'dhana li abi o yahkum li so what did he say that look I will not leave this land until my father permits me or Allah ta'ala decides for me yahkum Allahu li or Allah ta'ala decides for me means in my haq, wa khairul haqimeen, and Allah Ta'ala is the best decider. Ijju il ijju ila bikum, that you go back, return to your father. 
and tell your father, Fakulu, Ya Abana, Innabnaka Sarak, that indeed look your son, he stole. Wama Shahidna Illa Bima Alimna and look we only bearing witness to what we knew and what we saw, that the cup was indeed found in the saddle bag, and this is what we saw, and he stole. And we are not able to guard against unseen matters. We could not have protected him against this. We have no idea he stole it in a way that was unseen to us. Alright. And then tell your father, Ask the city and the people in that city that we were in. And look at ask the caravan that we came with, and what inna al-sadiqun, and they will tell you that indeed we're telling the truth. Means the people will bear witness that the sat, that that drinking cup vessel was found in the saddlebag of Binyamin. All right. So they go back and they have this conversation with their father. When they go back, all the way back, to go back and have the conversation with the father. What does Nabi Yaqub alayhi say? Qala. Nabi Yusuf Amra. Same sentence he had said to them in the manner when they came back without Nabi Yusuf The no. Your nafs, all of your nafses have contrived this and it's all a matter of your own design. Fasabrun Jamil. Same sentence again. Allah Akbar Second time around. Fasabrun Jamil. That patience is more becoming for me. Endurance is more beautiful for me. Having perseverance befits me more. Fasabrun Jamil. Allah Akbar. I mean, this is an incredible father. Look at the patience of this father over sons like that. Asallahu ayyatiyani bihim jami'a. Maybe Allah Ta'ala will bring all jami'a, all of them to me. Innahu huwa alim al hakim. Indeed, Allah Ta'ala is all knowing, all wise. Wa anhum. وَقَالَ يَا أَسَفَاءَ لَيُوسُفَ وَبِيَذَّتْ اَيْنَاهُ مِنَ الْحُزْنِ فَهُوَ كَذِيمٌ And then he turned away from them. He just turned away from all of the sons. And he said, and he said in his own, يَا أَسَفَاءَ لَيُوسُفَ It's like sighing and exasperate. Oh, how I grieve for Yusuf a.s. Oh, my sorrow at the loss and separation of Yusuf a.s. Hmm? And his eyes became white from huzn. His eyes became white from that sorrow and sadness for Hua Kazim. And he just ended up, he was, you can say, lost in that sorrow. Lost in that sorrow. Now, instead of seeing their father, I mean, instead of having compassion for their father when they see him in this state, they get angry again. Kalu. So then the brothers say, Tallahi. And they take custom by Allah then look, you won't stop ever grieving and feeling sad for Yusuf salam until until you become extremely elderly ill or until you have passed away. You say, upset. They said, why don't you still grieving for Nabi Yusuf salam? So the father responds, Kalama, this is another very famous statement. It's a kind of dua, a statement of Nabi Yaqubasam. Innama ashku basti wa huzni illallah. That I complain entirely and I present. Ashku literally complain, but I present my sadness and my sorrow and my grief only to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wa a'lamu minallahi ma la ta'lamun. And I know about Allah ta'ala what you don't know. 
I know from Allah Ta'ala what you don't know. He Nabi, إِنَّمَا أَشْكُوا بَثِّي وَهُزْنِي إِلَى اللَّهِ You should make dua using these words also. When you're in despair, when you see no way out, when the people around you aren't willing to help you, when those near and dear have abandoned you, it means when I present the entirety of my matter and all my sorrow and grief to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this was the amal of Nabi Yaqub alayhi salam. This is the amal of Nabi Yaqub alayhi salam. So now what we learn here is that sabr, sabrun jameel, sabr and presenting our grief and sorrow to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, these two things go together. Sabr doesn't mean I'm strong enough to do it on my own. When some of the people say, oh I'm not strong enough. No, no. You don't have to be strong to do sabr. Sabr has nothing to do with your strength. Your strength will lie in presenting the whole matter to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's how we do sabr. There's no one who's strong. Nobody's strong. Nobody's strong enough in the face of adversity, difficulty, trial, test, tribulation. The ability to suffer comes from this. This is called tafweez. This is called tafweez. Ufawwizu, tafweez. I support kartan. I pass over all the matters and affairs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I deposit the matter with Allah ta'ala. And that gives me strength. What? That He knows. That Allah ta'ala knows. That gives me strength. Otherwise, I have no strength to deal with this test. Allahu Akbar Kamira. So this is also, we learn in this surah, how to do sabr. And really, I mean, you know, what's happened up to now, decades have passed. Imagine the grief of this Nabi, of decades of separation from his beloved son, Yusuf Islam, And then now the new shock of separation from bin Yamin. Allahu hmm? Akbar. So that level of sabr can only come when a person has that reliance upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Taking comfort that Allah knows. But that's it. Not even that Allah is helping. 20 years have passed probably by now. Not even Allah is helping. Not that Allah is sending users unnecessarily. Just taking, able to do sabr from this that Allah knows. To mean you make a mistake. For us we want sabr. Allah helps. But then when sabr Allah helps everything will be solved. There's no need to have sabr then. There's no need to be patient. So the patience is when you're waiting for Allah Ta'ala's help to come. Mata Nasrullah. Then when will the help of Allah Ta'ala come? And in that process, and in that duration, in this case, long decades, long duration, we get suburbed just from this that Allah knows. Allah And this is also the people to make dua. Allah Ta'ala, you know my condition. You know. You know my state. You know my situation. The fact that you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I'm relieved now. You are my master, you are my rub, you are my khaliq. If it was unknown to you, I would be worried. So what am I going to do? My Allah ta'ala doesn't know about my situation. But you told me in Quran that you're al-alim, that you know every single thing. That he knows even more about who your enemies are. So just Allah ta'ala's knowing. Allahu Akbar Kameera. So if any one of us also ever face a situation when a near family member betrays us, like these sons betrayed their father, might be spouse betrays us, might be sibling betrays us, might be child betrays us, might be parent betrays us, make these same du'as, make these same sentences to Allah Ta'ala. This is the guidance Allah Ta'ala is giving us in Surah Yusuf. How to have sabr when such a near, dear, close one betrays us. Alright. Then, 
Nabi Nabi Yaqub after some time and we don't know how much time passes but it's a short amount of time he tells him to go back Ya Baniya O my sons Ya Bani Habu Fatahassasu min Yusuf wa akhihi why don't you go and inquire and find out about Yusuf and his brother Yani Binyamin Wala tay asu Wala tay asu law that don't ever despair from the ruh of Allah Subhanahu wa word Ruh of Allah Subhanahu wa means the rahmah of Allah Subhanahu wa but the word is ruh of Allah Subhanahu wa Don't despair of the essence from the essence of Allah Subhanahu wa and Allah Ta'ala's essence is His mercy. And Allah Ta'ala's essence is His guidance. And Allah Ta'ala's essence is His forgiveness. All of His sifat are part of His zat. So when you want to think of all of His sifat together, all of His attributes together, so for example, when you say, Ya Rahman, you're focusing on the merciful aspect of Allah Ta'ala. Ya Ghafar, the forgiving aspect of Allah Ta'ala. Ya Hadi, the guiding aspect of Allah Ta'ala. But when you want to focus on Allah Ta'ala, that His mustajma sifat, He's all of those things, then... One word for that in Quran is Ruh. Ruh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alright? Uh, where were we? Innahu That indeed nobody can ever despair of the essence and the essential attributes of Allah Ta'ala's mercy and guidance except for a people of disbelief, except for those, a group who denies Him. So then, uh, the brothers, they go, and they go uh, forth, and they go all the way back to Misr, and they go in front of Nabi Yusuf Islam. So when they entered into his Qalu, so they tell Yusuf Islam, Ya ayyuhal azizu, that, O oh, ruler, O oh, ruler, what? Masana wa ahlana zurru, that, all us and our family have been afflicted by adversity and hardship. Bajitna bibaza'atim muzjatin fa'ofilana al-kayla wa tasaddak alayna. So now you give us the provisions. You give us the full measure of grain and on top of that wa tasaddak alayna give us even more than maybe what is proportioned out for the people who come for this relief goods. Alright? So we have brought with ourselves little merchandise. Let me explain, uh, which I didn't explain when we did it earlier, what people would do is they wouldn't come and get the grain for free. They would come and bring some stuff with them and trade that. They would bring other goods, other items. This is back in the barter system, right? They would bring other items and give that to the government in exchange for the grain. So you know when they said earlier that, oh, we found our stuff with us, what they meant was that we got the full grain and Nabi Yusuf had returned the goods that we had used to barter for the grain that was also back in the saddlebags. So they were happy, right? Now they're coming and saying, we've bought very little goods to barter with. We've bought very little goods, but we still want you to give us the full grain. We want you to give us the full amount of grain. And on top of that, we want you to be charitable towards us with the sandakalaina that you should give us more. In the laha yadzil mutasaddikin. Indeed, Allah SWT sends His gracious reward on the people who are charitable. Okay. Now, Nabi Yusuf Islam confronts them. Call. Hal alimtum ma fa'altum bi Yusuf wa akhi. That don't you know what you did to Yusuf and his brother? Yani Binyamin, is antum jahilun? Ah, you were ignorant. 
ignorant of the way you need of proper behavior. Kalu anta Yusuf. Oh, is it you? Are you Yusuf? Hmm? Now they realize. Now they realize. Oh, are you Yusuf? Kala ana Yusuf wa Allah said, Yes, I am Yusuf, and this is my brother. Now say it like that. Yes, I am Yusuf, and this is my brother, Binyamin. Kala ana Yusuf wa hada akhi. قَدْ مَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَيْنَا إِنَّهُ مَنْ يَتَّكِ وَيَسْبِرْ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُذِيعُ عَجْرَ الْمُفْسِنِينَ Indeed, Allah Ta'ala has sent a special grace and favor upon us. Why? Because indeed, anybody who has taqwa and anybody who has sabr, and these were the two things Nabi Yusuf Islam had. He had taqwa when he was propositioned. He had taqwa when he was seduced. He had sabr all that time in the jail. Anybody who has taqwa and sabr, Allah Ta'ala will send His special asan and favors upon them. And Allah Ta'ala will never lay waste or never let go to waste the good deeds of the people of asan. Allah Akbar. Now what does the brothers say? Qalu. Now they finally accept. Tallahi lakad atharakallahu alayna. We swear by Allah Ta'ala, indeed Allah Ta'ala has preferred you over us. Allah Ta'ala has privileged you over us. We accept it now. وَإِن كُنَّا لَخَاتِئِينَ And indeed, we were from the sinners, we were from the wrongdoers, we were mistaken. قَالَ Another very famous ayah of Quran. Nabi Yusuf responds to them. لَا تَثْرِيبَ عَلَيْكُمُ الْيَوْمِ يَغْفِرُ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ وَهُوَ أَرْحَمُ الرَّاهِمِينَ لَا تَثْرِيبَ عَلَيْكُمُ الْيَوْمِ There will be no blame on you today. No revenge on you today. No censure, no reprimanding of you today. Why? He makes dua for them that may Allah forgive you. And indeed, Allah Ta'ala is the most merciful of the merciful ones. It's reported in Sira that Nabi Kareem Wasallam, when he entered Fateh Makkah, because he remembered the story of Surah Yusuf Wasallam, and he was thinking about that a lot, so he said the same thing to the Kufar Mushrikeen of Makkah Makramah, La tathriba alaykum al that no badla, no revenge will be taken from you on this day. Hmm? Remember I told you the story through Yusuf is going to guide Nabi Yusuf throughout his life, throughout his sirah, all the way back up to Fatimah. Now he knows because now he's a Nabi, right? Allah Ta'ala has told him the trick about the shirt that they played also. So they say, he says that, okay, take this shirt of mine, فَأَلْقُوهُ ala wajhi abi, and place it on the face of my father. Place it on the face of my father. Yati Basira and his sight will be restored to him. ajma'in, and then you come back and bring the whole family to me. Bring all of your families. Maybe they had wives, children, bring the father. Allah Wallamma So when the caravan with his goods came back their father said that, oh, I can feel the scent of Yusuf salam. I can sense hmm, the scent of Nabi Yusuf salam. Lawla an tufanniduni qalu tallahi innaka lafi zalalika al-kadeem. Fair, right? Uh, he says that I, Lawla an tufanniduna, you may think I'm senile. Hmm? You may think I'm senile. So they say, the brothers say to him, Tallahi innaka lafi zalalika al-kadeem. Or you've gone back to your old ways, basically. 
Right? Means you've gone back to your old way of being astray that you're just crazy about Nabi Yusuf But I feel that here they may not be saying it in such a mean way. They're just commenting on it that this is their fate. And they've, and they've resigned themselves to it and they've accepted it that Allah has preferred Nabi Yusuf over them. So then when they brought this good news, the bearer of the good news came, Alqahu ala wajhihi, and they placed the shirt upon his face, Fartanda Basira. So then his he returned and regained his sight. Kala Alam Akullakum in the Alamu minallahi mala talamun. So he said, Did I not tell you that I knew from Allah Ta'ala what you didn't know? Hmm? Nabi Yaqubas in the years, decades after he finally tells them, that did I not tell you that I know what you don't know? And the strange thing is then what we realize here also, it was apparent throughout, that his sons weren't taking him as a Nabi. His sons weren't accepting what he said. So this was also the suburb for the sons to take Iman in him as a Nabi. So what do they say? Kalu, all the sons, the brothers, they said, Ya Abana, Ya Abana, Staghfir lana zunubana, Inna kunna khati'een. That, O oh, our Father, you make istighfar for our sins. You beg Allah Ta'ala to forgive us for our sins, for indeed we were in the wrong, we were mistaken, we were wrongdoers. Call. So Nabi Yusuf, Nabi Yaqub said, Sofa astaghfiru lakum rabbi. I will surely soon ask forgiveness for you from my Rabb. Innahu huwal ghafuru rahim. And indeed he, he is all forgiving and all merciful. Allahu Akbar. So what does this also mean? Lesson. That the father who had patience, long term he will succeed. But this was a long, Allahu Akbar. Hmm? But long term he will succeed. And if he ultimately is forgiving towards his children, Allah Ta'ala will be forgiving and merciful towards his children. So the reason the father will persevere over time is because he will still have the true love for his children that he wants Allah Ta'ala to forgive them. Not, no father can want children to go to Jannah, right? And because he wants Allah Ta'ala to ultimately forgive his children, he will do sabr and jameel for the sake of the children. And finally, due to the barakah of that sabr, when the children come around, he will be forgiving towards the children. And it's true for the mothers also. It's general for the parent. It's ajeeb. Look at the mark Allah Ta'ala is teaching us in Quran. Look at the model. Look at this father, model father, Nabi Yaqub and it's important for us. It's important for us. Hmm? Allah Ta'ala set the standard very high in Quran. Asan al-Qasas, Ajeeb standard. Allah Ta'ala set for us in Quran al-Kareem. Hmm? So khair, and this is the sha'an of a believer. To be so forgiving, to be so merciful. And ultimately now, you will now going to see now the victory of love. Now you will see the victory of love. At another point here is also the barakah of clothing. Ajeeb on Alam of Deen, he said that if the barakah of the shirt of Nabi Yusuf was such that it restored the physical sight of Nabi Yaqub then the barakah of the sunnah clothing of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is that it will restore the inside, the basirat, the heart sight of the heart of a mu'min. Hmm? So there's a barakah. There's a barakah in clothing. So if there's a barakah in the clothing 
of Nabi Yusuf salam, then imagine the barakah and the clothing of the sunnah of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu How can somebody say there's no concept of sunnah? Qameez, the word is here. You think the Qameez of Yusuf salam, if it has power and barakah to take a person out from blindness into sight, then imagine the power of the sunnah clothing of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi don't look at us who wear the sunnah clothing and are bad representatives of sunnah. Huh? Don't look at the wear. Look at the power of this kameez. Hmm? And may Allah Ta'ala enable the wearers and bearers of sunnah to be true embodiments of the sunnah. May Allah Ta'ala save the wearers and bearers of sunnah from ever becoming stains and shames on the sunnah. Hmm? Allah Akbar So here now, then all... Uh, uh, and it also shows, by the way, miracles. Yeah, otherwise, you're according to your doctors here, they're not going to say the kameez can bring restore eyesight. You and Dr. Aslam Sal? Can shirt restore eyesight according to what you know? No. Yeah. And this is the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It also shows that Allah ta'ala uses asbab. Allah ta'ala likes to use means, even for his anbiya. Allah ta'ala doesn't need the shirt of Yusuf salam to restore the sight of Nabi Yaqub salam. But Allah Ta'ala likes these asbab. He likes these means. And it's our humbleness and our humility that we present ourselves to these asbab. Even if it's as mundane as a shirt, even as tactile as a shirt. Hmm? This, is, this is what we're learning. We're learning from Quran al-Kareem. So then after Nabi Yaqub he made dua for the forgiveness of the sons. And then he said that Allah Ta'ala is all merciful. So then now comes the ending. So they go back. فَلَمَّا دَخَلُوا عَلَى يُوسُفَ So they all go back. Hmm? The whole caravan, the whole family. So when they entered, uh, you can say they entered the presence of Nabi Yusuf He placed his parents near him. He brought his father and mother near him. وَقَالُوا دُخُلِي مِصْرَ إِن شَاءَ اللَّهُ آمِنِينَ And now you enter Misr, you enter Egypt, means enter this territory, this land, آمِنِينَ With the will of Allah subhanahu wa enter in complete aman and safety. وَرَفَعَ أَبَوَيْهِ عَلَى الْأَرْشِ And he raised, and he called up his two parents to sit with him on the throne. وَخَرُّوا لَهُ سُنْجَدَا وَخَرُّوا لَهُ سُنْجَدَا And this is now the dream. That initial dream, this is the Shams and Kamar. The sun and the moon were the parents, right? And the eleven stars were the eleven brothers. So now what happens is the sun and the moon, yani his parents, they fall down in sajda in front of him. وَقَالَ يَا أَبَتِي And Nabi Yusuf says, Oh my father, هَذَا تَوِيلُ رُؤْيَايَ مِنْ قَبْلِ This is the interpretation of that dream I had earlier. قَدْ جَأَلَهَا رَبِّ حَقَّا and indeed, my Rabb has made it come to pass, has made it true, has made it apparent, has made it real, has made it actual. So then he mentions Bakar Asana that indeed my Rabb has been so good to me when he took me out of the prison. And then what did he do? That he brought all of you from the rural area into the city in this main territory of Egypt. And then after all the shaitan had alienated me and my brothers and had come between me and my brothers, 
Now we are all together again. Inna Rabbi Latiful Nima Yasha. It means Allah Ta'ala is very subtle in His designs and plans of what He wants and wills. It won't be apparent. It's not predictable. He's Latif. Latiful Nima Yasha. He's very subtle in His designs and plans and the way He makes them come to pass. Inna Huhul Alimul Hakim. And yet Allah Ta'ala is all knowing, all wise. Then he turns and makes dua to Allah SWT, Rabbi, kan ataytani min al-mulki, that, oh my Rabb, indeed you gave me some power, authority, dominion, governance. Wa'allamtani min ta'wil al-ahadith, and you had taught me the meanings of dreams and interpretations and understandings of events. Fatir al-samawati wal-ard, or the originator, original creator of all that, of the heavens and firmaments and the earth. Anta waliyyi fid dunya wal-akhirah. Ya Allah, you are my wali. You are my wali in this world and you are my wali in akhirah. You are my protecting benefactor friend in this world and in the akhirah. This is now his heart's feeling after seeing how Allah SWT brought his parents and brothers back to him and Allah Ta'ala rescued him from prison and settled him and now he made him a minister. So he's expressing his shukr to Allah SWT until waliyyi fid dunya wal akhirah tawaffani muslimah but raise me up in a state that I'm Muslim. I have a fikr that I want to, you take my soul, that I'm submissing, submissive to you, obedient to you, in a state of deen islam And when you take my soul, unite me with the salihin, with the nabiyin, siddiqin, shuhada, salihin, in jannah. I figure that my mouth should come on Islam, and my akhir should be with salihin. This is his dua. So this is also the dua we should make whenever Allah Ta'ala takes us out of a great difficulty. Allah Ta'ala puts some special fuzzle on us. So we want to express a great shukr. Hmm? I can't remember, there was one of you, I don't know if you're here, the one, one, maybe it was two, but one person asked me very recently that Allah Ta'ala did so much for me. I remember the person, he's not here right now. He asked me, that, well, how can I make, I want to do more than shukr. I'm feeling so much shukr. Is there anything more than shukr? A deep question, yes. He said, I'm feeling so much shukr to Allah SWT. Can I do even more than shukr? That's when you feel like that, this is the dua you want to make. Allah Akbar. But it has to come naturally. It's not easy to talk to Allah like that. <laughs> to tell Allah that you are my wali. It's not easy. And it's not going to happen unless we had taqwa ourselves. It's very hard to feel Allah Ta'ala has befriended you unless you have befriended Him. It's very hard to feel from your heart that Allah has befriended you unless you've befriended His Sharia, His Hukam, the Sunnah of His beloved Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But after this whole period when Nabi Wasallam did it, he had the taqwa, the haya, the sabr, then he could say it to Allah Subhanahu like that, that anta waliyif in dunya wal akhirah. And he, may Allah Ta'ala give all of us tawfiq to ever say this sentence from the heart and may Allah Ta'ala make it a reality for us also. Now Allah Ta'ala, now the here, uh, yani in this verse number one, uh, 101, here the story has ended now. In the last 10 or 11 ayahs, Allah Ta'ala is just going to give a message now. Allah Ta'ala is going to give a message. Alright? So the story of Nabi Yusuf has ended here. And Allah SWT is just going to give a message in these last ayahs from 102 to 111. And the message is, obviously first to Sayyidina Rasulullah, he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to Sahabi Ikram, also Allah is going to address the 
mushrikeen and believers of that time and it's obviously also a message for all of us and for all time. Alright. ذَلَكَ مِأَمْبَاءِ الْغَيْبِ نُحِيهِ إِلَيْكَ That these are from the hidden unseen stories of past that we, yani Allah Ta'ala, we have sent, revealed upon you, Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi And you, Prophet Sallallahu were not with them. إِذْ أَجْمَعُوا أَمْرَهُمْ When they gathered their forces and conspired وَهُمْ يَمْكُرُونَ When they did makar, when they conspired against you. Here, now it's talking about the mushrikeen of Makkah Mukarramah. Allah SWT talking here about the mushrikeen of Makkah Mukarramah. Alright? وَمَا أَكْثَرُ النَّاسِ وَلَا حَرَسْتَ بِمُؤْمِنِينَ And no, and that was giving salt to the Prophet that the majority of people وَلَوْ harasta, Even though you may deeply desire it, still the majority of people will never be mu'mineen. It's ajeeb. And that's true from the time of Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam right up till today, 2016. Every day from the time of the Prophet Wasallam up till today, the, if you took a census in the world, every day, the majority of humans on earth have not been mu'mineen. This is Allah Ta'ala's decree. And Allah Ta'ala knows best what his hikmah is in this, but this is the way it was, and this is the way it is, and this is the way it will be. Alright? But Nabiyak, but what you, what you realize here is such a beautiful thing. What you realize in this ayah is Nabiyak Kareem Sassam's thirst for insan. Not just for mu'mini, for insan. His thirst was what? That all of them become mu'mini. Allah Akbar Kabira. Look at Nabiyak Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. His thirst and desire was that all insan, without even one exception, should become mu'minim. Hmm? And he was so saddened, so saddened at them not accepting iman. So saddened, so saddened, so saddened, that Allah Ta'ala sends for Yusuf to remove his sorrow and grief. And then after the whole story, after the whole story, still Nabi Karim says, Okay, I'm not sad. If I'm not sad, but I still have that hiss. I still have that desire that they all become mu'mineen. So then after the whole story, Allah Ta'ala to say, That look, even though you deeply desire it still, the majority of people aren't going to become believers. Allahu Akbar Kabeerah. Hmm? I'd have to explain it. Otherwise, Nabi Yusuf was in this hope and dream and desire. Harith. Ramatas aluhum alayhim in ajr. Ramatas aluhum alayhim in ajr. And you do not ask them any ajr for this. And, and tell them that you, you don't. In huwa illa zikrul lil alameen. For this is just nothing other than a zikr, a reminder to all the worlds. This is just a reminder in the siha to all the worlds. And look at all the signs. How many signs in the heavens and the earth do they pass by, turning away from them? Mu'rizun, they spurn it, they turn away from it. And the biggest sign was Nabi for them. The greatest ayah 
of Allah Subhanahu was Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu himself, his husn, his sifat, his adab, his ikhlaq. And they see that sign. Forget the signs of the earth and the moon and the sun. They saw Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu They said that he is Asadikul Amin. They couldn't deny him being Asadikul Amin. Still they wouldn't take Iman. Hmm? وَمَا يُؤْمِنُوا أَكْثَرُهُمْ بِاللَّهِ And the majority of them will not believe in Allah SWT إِلَّا وَهُمْ مُشْرِكُونَ Because they're caught up in their shirk. They're caught up in their shirk. So then Allah addresses them. Addresses them. Do they think they're safe and secure? That a calamity, a punishment, a trial can come from Allah SWT on them, from the punishment of Allah SWT on them, or that the hour, the end of time, meaning the end of judgment will come on them, Baghdadan suddenly, they will not even be aware of it. They will catch them entirely unaware. They will catch them entirely with. So now proclaim Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the very famous ayah of Quran. That this is my way, this is my path, I make dawah, I call to Allah. But that's all you have to do. This is my way and my path, and I call to Allah, Allah Basira, based on insight, wisdom, clarity, proof, evidence. Adu ilallahi Allah Basira tin ana wa manittaba'ani. I, Nabi Kareem Sallallahu make that dawah. وَمَنْ ittabani And every single one who follows me makes dawah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we make that dawah on Basira. Allah said, listen for us. It's not just his sabil, it's our sabil. It's not just his way, because it's our way, because he's our Nabi. Him being our Nabi, sallallahu means his way is our way. And if this was his way that he was da'i in Allah, then if we are truly his ummati, we must also be da'i in Allah. And if our way is not his way, then how do we think that he is our Nabi and we are his ummati? Hmm? And the da'wah will be done ala basira. Basira. So for Nabi Kareem sallallahu that basira came from Allah, that wisdom and insight. And for us, we will do da'wah in the guidance of the ulama and mashayikh. And doing dawah in their shade and in their shadow and under their talim and their tarbiyah will give us that basira to do dawah on humanity. Subhanallah wa ma ana min al mushrikeen. And proclaim to them the glory, do the tasbih to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanallah. Azim sha'an, glorious is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I am not from the people who do shirk. Hmm? وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ كَبْلَكَ إِلَّا رِجَالًا نُوهِ إِلَيْهِمْ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْقُرَاءِ And thus indeed we sent before you other men like that who we sent wahi and they were men from different communities means you were from a long legacy tradition of anbiya أَفَلَمْ يَسِيرُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ فَيَنْذِرُوا كَيْفَ كَانَ آكِبَةُ الَّذِينَ مِنْ كَبْلِهِمْ That you cannot travel in the world and travel upon the earth and see how things panned out. What was the outcome? What was the anjam of those who came before? 
And indeed, the eternal abode of the Akhirah, the hereafter, is infinitely better for those who have taqwa, who truly fear and remember and aware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Afala taqilun. Will you not have sense? Will you not have sense? Don't you understand? Hatta idha stay asal rusulu. That such that the messengers and anbiya that came, they lost hope. Stay asan. They lost the hope in, in the people that their ability to accept iman. And when they lost that hope, thinking, thinking that they had been, you can say, been maligned or misrepresented, then our help and our mother came to them. Our help and our mother came to them. So this also happens in the path of Dawah. That you, will, you might be branded a liar or what you're saying might be misrepresented. And then you start to lose hope that maybe this person will never accept iman or they will never change their way or they never adopt taqwa. But you persevere, Allah Ta'ala will send his madad. Allah Ta'ala will send his help. Ja'ahum nasruna. And came to them our madad, our help. And saved were those whom Allah Ta'ala wished. He gives najat to whomsoever he wished. Whomsoever he wishes. And we will never avert our punishment and difficulty from the community of wrongdoers. Indeed, the stories and narrations of these earlier communities are an ibra, are a heed, something to take heed from and to take warning from and lessons to learn. From people who have lub. Lub, understand this. One is akal, one is lub. Akal is pure, naked, rational intellect. Lub is the faculty of understanding things from your heart. Ulul al-Bab are the people who use their heart to understand things. Which heart? That heart that is full of the meanings and feelings of wahi and nabuwa, of Quran and sunnah. And then they use their heart to understand. They're called ulul al-Bab and there's a whole... Many ayat in Quran where Allah SWT talks about them. So in the stories of these previous communities, and now this is an ishara to the beginning, Asan al-Qasas, the very best story of Nabi Yusuf salam, is an ibra, or lessons for us, for the ulul al-bab, for lessons for the people of spiritual insight and spiritual feeling and people of heartfulness, as opposed to heartlessness. Ma kana hadithan, ma kana hadithan yuftara, walakin tasdeekan ladhi bayna yadayi. That this is not some story that has been invented or fabricated, but rather it is just confirmation of what has already come before them. And it's the deek of what's come in previous scriptures. With tafseel and Quran al-Kareem has the tafseel of every single matter pertaining to Hidayah, every single matter pertaining to our Nijah and our salvation. And this book, Quran, is a book of hidayah, of guidance, warahma, and of mercy. They call me yu'minun to the group of people who take iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They will get hidayah and guidance and rahma and mercy from Quran al-Kareem. So this concluding 
10 or so ayat also applies to Surah Yusuf and for all of us mu'mineen. And just imagine that this Surah Yusuf has the power to guide mushrikeen to iman. It has the power to guide ahl kitab to iman. So imagine those of us who already have iman, who come to the iman, who believe it to be Qur'an. Imagine how much guidance it has to us, how much guidance it has for us, and how we must make ourselves guided by this. So this is just short few. I mean, anyone who knows the, the knowledge of Qur'an is infinite. The knowledge of Qur'an is limitless. And so many real mashayik and ulama have done so much detailed understanding and commentaries through Yusuf. We know little and we shared a little today. But a little can be a lot if you do amal on it. The little can be a lot if you do amal on it. And the a lot isn't even going to be a little if you don't do amal on it. Even however much we were able to understand the Surah Yusuf today, how much we understand Qur'an, we must do full amal on it. Absolute, complete amal on it. And like I said, the core story was this. The taqwa of Nabi Yusuf salam, The hayah of Nabi Yusuf salam, His turning to Allah Ma'adullah. His turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. His fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. His love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If that feeling, and it's precisely that, why Allah Ta'ala shared His story with us. So this is not just a story about the past. It's Qur'an al-Kareem. It's Hidayah. It's part of our deen. It's part of the Islamic teaching. And this is a beautiful thing, that not only do we respect the other prophets, not only do we believe in them, Allah Ta'ala wants us to learn from them also. Allah Ta'ala wants us to learn from them also. So may Allah Ta'ala give each and every one of us, me and you and all those who are present or even those who are absent and the entire ummah to learn the lessons from this surah and from all of Qur'an al-Kareem. And you should learn Qur'an and understand Qur'an and feel Qur'an without learning, understanding and feeling. You can't be guided by Qur'an. It's not possible. This is a manual of guidance. Alright? And the way to be guided by Qur'an is to be guided by the ulama of Qur'an. Just like if you want to learn the words of Qur'an, there's specialists, they teach you the words, they're called Qur'a, Mujawid, Hufad. They're the teachers who teach the wordings of Qur'an. Just like that, there are people called ulama, they're the ones who teach the meanings of Qur'an. Just like your child cannot learn tajweed and recitation on their own, just like that, you won't get the real deep meanings on your own. You might get superficial translation on your own. You can't get the deep meanings except from the people who know the meanings. And Allah Ta'ala said, initially in Quran, that there's a certain hidayah in Quran that's given to the muttaqeen. So either we are muttaqeen and we can get that hidayah, or if we're not yet muttaqeen, I want to go and learn Quran from the muttaqeen ulama because they have that hidayah, they can teach it to me. And the third thing in Qur'an is the feelings of Qur'an. So the ulama who have the feelings of Qur'an, they're called the awliyaullah, the mashayikh of this deen. So learn the wordings from the hufaz in Qur'an. Learn the meanings from the muttaqeen ulama. And learn the feelings from the awliyaullah. Then we will get the hidayah of Qur'an al-Kareem.
May Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. May He give us from His fazl and karam. May He send His rahman mutfra on us. May Allah Ta'ala accept our sitting here for His sake. And make it, may He make it only and only for His sake. And for the exaltation of His name. Wa akhir da'wana. An alhamdulillahi rabbin alameen. Make dua subhanallah min ala wa haballah. Wa salli ala sayyiduna Muhammad. Wa ala ala sayyiduna Muhammadin wa barik wa sallim. Rabbana zalamna anfusana wa illam takfir lana wa talhamna lanakunanna min al-khawsi. Increase our pronunciation of Quran Improve our pronunciation of Quran Let us recite Quran in the best way that we can Let us recite in the best manner that we can Increase our recitation of Quran Make us sahib of Quran Make us the companion of Quran Let no day pass from our book of deeds Except that we recited your Quran Forgive us, Ya Rabb We've been so negligent, Ya Rabb so neglectful of Yarab. We make Tawbah, Yarab. We seek your forgiveness, Yarab. We learn today yet again, as you taught us over and over, Yarab, that you are Al Ghafur Rahim, Arhamar Rahimin. Send your Makfira on us. Send your Rahma on us. Forgive us for all of our feelings that we offered to Quran. Make us true to this Quran. Make, give us the Hal of Quran. Ya Rabbi Kareem, ask that you increase us in our knowledge of Quran. Give us Tawfiq, Ya Rabb. When you give us Tawfiq, to learn so many languages, so many learning, so many disciplines of this world for the sake of our material gain. Ya Rabbi Kareem, give us Tawfiq to learn Quran and Arabiya, to learn this Arabi Quran. Grant us the knowledge of Arabi, Ya Rabb. Make us the knowers of that language the lovers of that language, the glories of that language, and yet Bikrim, open up to us the meanings of Quran and put the meanings of Quran in our mind, put the meanings of Quran in our heart. Let us remember these meanings when it is appropriate to remember them. Let us recall the lessons when we need to recall them. And Ya Rabb, grant us the feelings of Quran, the hal of Quran, the maqam of Quran, the kaif of Quran, the haqiqat of Quran, the asliyat of Quran, the nur of Quran, Ya Allah Rabbi Kareem Fill our hearts with the nur of Quran We want the same feelings That you described in Quran The same feelings that Nabi Yaqub Had in his heart And all of those occasions Grant us the same feelings Ya Rabbi When we are faced with those similar occasions The same feeling Ya Rabbi That Nabi Yusuf had In the occasion of temptation and seduction Ya Rabbi Kareem Grant us that same feeling Ya Rabbi In our heart Ya Rabbi We are surrounded by such occasions Surrounded by such temptations, surrounded by such seductions, make it easy, Ya Rabb. Help us, Ya Rabb. Make us people of Ma'ad Allah. Make us people of Sabrun Jamil. Make us Kanu Yattakun. Ya Allah, help us, Ya Rabb. Let us turn every sorrow to you. We place every hope in you. We put our entire trust upon you. Ya Rabbi Kareem, let each and every ayah, each and every word, each and every letter penetrate into our heart, permeate into our heart. Ya Rabbi Kareem, bless us in the coming Ramadan. Let us make it a month of Qur'an. Increase this in our recitation. Increase this in our memorization. Increase this in our understanding. Increase this in our feeling. Ya Rabbi Kareem, give us tawfiq to pray all of the Salat al-Taraweeh, to listen to entire Qur'an once in this month, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Give us tawfiq, Ya Rabb, to recite entire Qur'an once in this month, Ya Rabbi, coming month, Ya Rabbi Kareem. And Ya Allah, increase this in our feelings. Increase this in our love. Increase this in our ish for Qur'an. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask that you send your special Rahman Karam on all the ulama of Quran, all the awliya of Quran, all the hufaz of Quran, all the teachers of Quran, all the Qur'an of Quran, all the masajid in which Quran is taught, all the madaris and 
institutions where Quran is taught, all the homes in which Quran is recited, all the makatib in which Quran is taught, Yerim Bikrim, surround us with Quran, drown us in Quran, grant us the Furqan, Ya Rahman, Ya Rahim, Ya Bikrim, make it easy for us, Ya Rab, Allah grant us the complete knowledge of the Sunnah, the complete knowledge of Sirah, let us know the Hidayah, and let us be guided by the Hidayah, make us from your Muhtadun, Mu'minun, Muttakun, Mu'minun, Salihun, Mu'minun, Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Ya Allah, we make special dua for all of the members of the Ummah and all of us who also we have lost our haya, betrayed our haya, we succumb to lust, we succumb to desires. Forgive us, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Show us that exit, Ya Rabb. Take us out, Ya Rabb. Show us any exit, we will take it. Open any door, we will flee towards it. Help us, Ya Rabb. We are in the cage of our nafs. Unlock this door. Unlock the cage of our nafs, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Take us out from the prison of our nafs. The same way you took Nabi Yusuf out from the prison of this world. Take us out from the prison of our nafs, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Bring us into the meadows of taqwa. Bring us in the pastures of haya. Bring us into the nur of taqwa. Ya Rabbi Kareem, out of your rahmah, Ya Rabb. Out of your karam, Ya Rabb. Help us, Ya Rabb. Guide us, Ya Rabb. Make us strong to sabr. Grant us sabr and jameel. Grant us tawakkul, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Make us from your mutawakkileen, mahbubeen. From your tawabeen, mahbubeen. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem. ربنا تكمل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على حبيبه سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين برحمتك يا رحم الراحمين